How's it hanging? You lovely listeners. Welcome back to Tag Team, Pokemon Trading Card Games from your podcasting trio. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friends, Mr. Andrew Mahone and Mr. J.B. Greewall. Guys, how's it hanging today? I'm hanging mega loose, Riley. I'm chilling. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. How about, <laughs> how about you guys? <laughs> I'm good. I'll let J- JW is looking awful smug over there, so I feel like he has something to say. Well, I just can't wait for the impending, you know, Lions had a big win this week, so I'm just looking forward to the impending Ravens-Lions Super Bowl. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> It'll be a very exciting week on the cast if that comes to fruition. It'll be a very <laughs> depressing week next week if the opposite is coming to fruition. <laughs> yeah, what? It'd be Chiefs-Niners. Chiefs Chiefs-Niners. Kind of like, no one wins, right? No one wins, right? No one wins. It'd be horrible. The Swifties mm-hmm. win. Well, that I, oh, so I, I could definitely see a lion because the lions are like the ultimate underdog, and then lions chiefs makes a lot of sense, right? Because makes a lot of sense. Chiefs were kind of underdogs script, all year. Yeah, it. if you're if you're writing the script, I think so. I think so. It makes a lot of sense. Like we're I going through kind of a recession, and there's a lot of people, myself included, who you know could maybe use a little bit of uh, uh-huh. happiness in their lives, and so. I think a Lions Chiefs, you know, Chiefs are kind of down and out. The Chiefs you get are just not going to be able to make their way past Baltimore. I though, just so their their trip stops there. One hundred percent. I just I think from a script perspective, purely from a script perspective, the Chiefs have a key component of the meta, right, where they have the Taylor Swift lockdown with Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and that's been big for the NFL this year. It has. So yeah, I think and the a... Ravens have Stavi. All right, the Ravens t- have Stavi. The, the impact Taylor Swift <laughs> has had on the NFL has been noteworthy. So I think, from a pure scripting perspective, if I'm writing it, the Chiefs make the playoff or the Super Bowl rather. Um, so like, now I'm not saying that'll happen, but I'm saying if I was to write a script, that's how I'd write it. And then, and then, what about the Lions? Would you write them into the Super Bowl? Um, because then think about it. Because then we could have like a Taylor Swift versus Eminem style. Because they've yeah, definitely and, and been trying to Fortnite, hype up. They have a yeah. Fortnite concert where they both go. Head They're both to head. holograms on the yeah. center huh. of the field. Yeah, that'd be uh-huh. sick, man. I I'm, I'm gonna have to cut cut this conversation off yeah we're gonna have to this is just too depressing you're just coping you're coping yeah you're coping with we'll see maybe i'm coping next week but i don't think i will be no i think my whole house i'm making another statement about how things will happen in a in a game i'm just saying if it was scripted which it may be (laughs) we don't know which it may be my house gonna be lit up purple for the next two weeks bro heck yeah man does that lantern turn purple uh, I have uh, those huge spotlights, the color spotlights that I use in my studio, and I'm just going to shine them on the front of my house. And oh, just, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, turn the front of my house just purple for two weeks. It's just going to be a beacon <laughs> on my street. Everybody is going to have to do- uh, deal with my annoying house for two weeks. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Oh, be, we love it's, that. It's so fun. So we fun. We love that. But from my perspective, before we move on to any discussion, I'm piffed i'm piffed off right now and it's because i got sick after another pokemon tournament and i'm frankly i'm tired of it i am tired of it 
So my message to the listeners out there is if you're freaking sick, then either put on a mask or stay home. I'm sick of it. Seriously. <laughs> Stop getting me sick. Well, Riley, have you considered that maybe you just have a weak snowflake immune system? Whereas well, that's not true. Because if your immune us... system is reacting, <laughs> if your immune system is reacting to unfamiliar things, that's good. <laughs> that's a good thing. Right. Whereas my immune system is very, you know, used to all the germs and all the, you know, the hog yeah. air and all of that. Yeah. Uh huh. No, I think if you're sick, stay in your hotel room or stay home. I'm, <laughs> I'm really tired of getting sick. And I stand by. I said earlier this season, if I get COVID at another Pokemon tournament, I'm quitting for the season. I stand by that. This isn't COVID, but... Thank goodness, <laughs> I, man. But if I get Thank COVID goodness. a third time from a Pokemon tournament, that's insane. <laughs> that is a lot. So, yeah. That's that's my, this is my message to the listeners. If you're sick, stay home. Uh, but with that, we can jump into real discussion. Jadev, you want to kick us off with our agenda for today? Yeah, absolutely. Today on the agenda, we got um, Paldean Fates. So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the cast. But we obviously have uh, what happened and then what's to come. So what happened, the largest regionals of all time, Charlotte, North Carolina, with over 2,100 players, absolutely insane, and some pretty interesting results that we need to talk about. And then, of course, going into knoxville regionals with which both andrew and i uh, will be attending talking about kind of there's our also thoughts. A european one this weekend right yeah there's also liverpool i believe um that is this weekend but um you know kind of the the results of uh charlotte and how they'll affect future tournaments yeah, yeah. right on right on so let's maybe start with charlotte start from the bottom work our way up uh, so andrew and i we're both in attendance at Charlotte. We landed on playing Mew VMAX, a tried and true favorite of the group. Um, you know, we were looking to play something that was really reliable, really consistent. We thought Mew had a kind of favorable outlook into the metagame. And things went okay on the whole. Andrew finishing top 64 and myself. At, at 66. 66. <laughs> Andrew yeah, finishing okay. top 128. Well, well hey. That's, that's <laughs> hey, so that's, cringe. That's just a couple packs. You know, it's all good. <laughs> top 66? <laughs> yeah, top 66. That's all good. It's all good. So, Andrew finishing top 66. Myself, DNF. <laughs> so, not our strongest showing at our regional championship, not going to lie. Uh, Jesse was also in attendance playing Roaring Moon, and uh, he, was, he was with me. <laughs> in the DNF crowd. And so leading up to the event, me and Jesse had all day. We got there early. Uh, me and Jesse and and Zeely and and one of the locals, Cole. Uh, we had all day, and I was pretty set on wanting to play Roaring Moon as I had just spent the previous forty eight hours playing almost nothing but Roaring Moon on <laughs> TCG Live, um, you know, on stream. And the, and the week leading up. I had a stream on Monday where I played Mew VMAX and I won almost every game I played. I lost two games, one to Roaring Moon and one to a deck that was playing Spear Tomb. And I did not have the fusion energies in my deck. So, like, I lost that one. And those are the only two matches I lost all day on that stream. So then I was like, all right, Mew is Mew. It's always going to be there. I know how to play it. Whatever. Uh, and then I started looking around at other decks. I spent 
the next day, uh, Tuesday, playing Teen of E-Star, and that day was just a heartbreaker. It was just like there were games where it was awesome, there were games where it made me sad, and then uh, there were games where it was awesome, and then there were games where I was pulling my hair out, like, you know, how does anybody play this thing? And then Wednesday and Thursday, I both spent I spent both of those days playing just Roaring Man um, and trying to really understand the deck, the best way to play the deck, um, and trying different variations on it, trying, you know, something that JW had sent us, trying something more along the lines of what Ross had been playing with the trekking shoes, trying something with catchers, you know, and kind of just seeing how it all felt. Uh, actually getting to the venue, you know, I wanted to play Roaring Moon if I could convince myself to play it. By the end of the day, just testing all day, I really, I, Jesse was like, he was kind of like ready to just do it. He called up JW and was like, all right, let's walk through it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do it. And I was like, I, I can't, I, I just, I can't justify it. Doesn't feel like it actually has any good matchups. So I was like, I'll, I'll go with Mew. Mew at least has a good Giratina V-Star matchup. And, uh. I feel confident playing it versus everything except for Roaring Man. So then, uh, and I was like, you know what? In a deck like that, uh, you know, I'm probably going to do okay. And sure enough, um, I, I did. I had a pretty good day and, uh, you know, went into day two at 6 and 3. Um, one of my only losses, my only two losses in the entire tournament were to a Mew V Max Mirror and to a Maridon deck that played a Drapion, and two Super Rod to put it back in. In the two games that I played against that Maridon deck, in my $1,000 win and in to top 32, by the way, could have been in top 16 <laughs> uh, if my resistance, because I would have had 34 match points. In that match, we played two games, and I got Drapion five times. There were a total of six turns played across two games. Five of the five of the turns ended with the Drapion active, knocking out my guy. Dude. There's that's just, like there's... the. Uh... <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> that's like the trauma that I had from playing you at the end of my uh, my tournaments at Rapid Strike, just like the same sitch. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's really unfortunate. I I will ask though, Andrew, how do you tie three times? Mew is actually people. Have I know this, Mew uh... is. I know you can say Mew is actually, but like. No, no. People have really? this like. Yeah. Yeah, people have this, uh, this like thought that Mew actually ends games very quickly, where you get to the bottom of your deck every single game as Mew, and there are countless. I mean, there's so many game actions, and that it's actually not. It, it's just like a tick faster than Guardi. Really. I actually have some some perspective on this as well. So I played Mew. Obviously, uh, I dropped at three one and three i could have played for championship points in the last two rounds opted not to two of my ties were to guardy you're playing guardy sure whatever yeah but what i want to inject instead in the conversation a lot of the decks right now are like single prize focused decks where you're taking single prize turns a lot of the time with mew and so when i think of mew in prior formats your turns are kind of long but it ends with you taking like two prizes a lot of the time you know if you think of like back in the arceus dominated days um whereas a lot of games now you're taking that same turn where you're doing a lot of actions but it ends with you taking one prize and you gotta take five more of those turns so actually you like you're doing game, all... <laughs> you win the game by like judging and pathing and making it slower so your opponent's like not doing anything right right so you're like so... methodically like surgically picking them apart by limiting their hand size and really getting to the end of the game that's I tied... one thing I, I i personally felt in this format and i'm sure you did too 
compared to when I played Mew a year ago, is I just felt like the pace was a lot slower because the decks were giving up less prizes, and Mew is just disrupting a lot. Um, so, sorry to interrupt you there, Andrew, but... No, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, one of my ties was round 9 to uh, Gardevoir, you know, Gardevoir EX. That just, you know, uh, I won a game, I lost a game, and that was it. I tied a Charizard um, where I won a game, uh, they set up, and I lost a game. And then game three uh, did not conclude. And then uh, because of the games you do win against Charizard, they are very, like, you're picking them apart, you're limited in their hand, and, you know, you're knocking out Charmanders one by one with, like, yeah. path and play, you know? Yeah. I mean, so you're, like, you're really, you're finessing. Uh, you're not like just going two four six. That's not really how it goes. Um, and then, uh, and then the third game I tied day one was a Roaring Moon. And if you're gonna blame that on me, you're crazy. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, Roaring Moon, there's only a couple things they got to do to win that matchup. But um, my opponent, I will say, did go about it incorrectly. I think they were trying to they were trying yeah. to go two three one. Uh, where you just have to build up two attackers and try to go three six, but they were yeah, trying to totally. do that, which allowed me to win my game. I won game one because I own I got to Iono them to one with a path, and all they needed was a path bump or a darkness energy to power up the Glaring Moltres because it had two dark on it because that was their third attacker. Because since they did go in with an attacker turn one, it allowed me to go two four, and then six uh, because they did take a non muv max knockout. So yeah. that is something that's like, so those were my three ties um, and. And I went 4-0-1 against Giratina V-Star. That matchup felt incredible. Uh, the one that I tied was just a brazen misplay on my part on turn two of time. I have win. I can draw up my entire deck, and I miscalc damage and just don't even bother using my final Fusion Strike system to draw my deck out to find the power tablet because I think I have it, and I just announced Techno Blast for game, and I'm 10 short. So that was just me. And I am so embarrassed and so ashamed of myself for that error. It's not something that I ever do, um, but it was a learning experience, and I was beating myself up for the rest of the day about it, really upset about it. But and uh, I that's think a, that's a the, tournament changer right there. It is. Yeah. It and, went and from I think a win the, to a tie. Yeah. The important uh, the important lesson there is if you're taking the win, always overkill. Just sure. Yeah. That's just awesome. like do as much as you can. They can't have time. There's no yeah. reason for me. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason. I just thought I had it and I was just like, all right, boom, boom. I used my V Star power, got the double turbo. It was like Techno Blast game. And dude was like, Do you have a power tab? I was like, What? <laughs> it was like Yeah. So that was uh Dang. that was yeah, that is tough. But you know, it uh it happens. I was thinking, you know, how many how many receivers do you see in football? You know, they they start turning their head downfield to run before they even caught the ball, and sure enough, they drop it. Right? It's because they their mind escapes them in that last in the most crucial moment, right? <laughs> yeah. What you think is just automatic, right? So that happened to me. I uh, won't ever let it happen again, or at least we'll try not to. Lesson learned. Lesson, Lesson learned, learned for indeed. sure. Yeah, and then yep. Charizard. I will say, I think Charizard EX is a good matchup for Mew Max. I'm gonna go ahead and just put it in that corner. I was two o one against Charizard. That matchup is free. I played one, and in game one and three, they set up two Charizards on turn two. <laughs> just but both. They're of them. not supposed to do that. <laughs> I know. Like that's one just is unlucky. Fine. One if they have a four fine. card hand, that's like not even possible. 
I know, man. I was really sad. <laughs> and that's what I dropped for the tournament. Like, yeah, that's pretty is, tough. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Free but me. I think, I think, like, if you judge and path that Charizard deck, there's, like, there's almost no chance that they get out of it. And if you have that That's what box, I was thinking. And if you have the box on the Mew, like, at best, they set up one Charizard, and they hit into your boxed Mew, and you knock that and thing out, and I order them to yeah. three, and then it's just over. <laughs> there's oh, just I'm with you, man. I was really thinking that. <laughs> i was really trying to enact that strategy yeah. yeah and that's yeah. that's the thing with the charizard matchup is just like it's almost completely out of your control like you just you just like ask if they have it and if they don't you're chilling and if they do you lose right right <laughs> which is which is like one of my gripes i guess with you in this format so but kind of closing thoughts just on my because i'm not going to go through round by round but like you know uh 401 versus tina uh, 201 versus Charizard, 001 versus Roaring Moon, great, you know, 001 versus Guardi. If you told me that I was going to go 401 versus Tina and 201 versus Charizard with my deck choice heading into Charlotte, oh, yeah. I would have been like, I'm playing that deck 100%. Oh, for sure, like, yeah. Like, I'm just going to play that. Like, extremely favorable versus Zard, extremely favorable versus, uh, versus Tina. Like, that's the deck I'm choosing. I also beat uh, every Lost Box deck I played against. Um, you know, just like turbo lost box or whatever. I played, I played against two Roaring Moon lost box decks, and I beat both of them 2-0 against that. So like, and what you was know, your final record? No, I'm just I kidding. was. I'm playing. No, nine, nine. That's like nine, you got sixty six. Yeah, because you're like all these things. Well, it was really the biggest good, tournament right? of all time, right? Yeah, it was the biggest no, tournament right, of all time. Right. Yeah, and we had a bubble at thirty six. At thirty at thirty one match points, I got sixty sixth. Okay, <laughs> at thirty at thirty freaking one match points, and I was at a winning into top sixteen. Or top thirty-two, whichever. Um, winning in for and it money. Yeah. Winning in for money, guaranteed winning in for money because thirty-four match points was all the way from like fourteenth to like twenty something, right? So I was in a winning in and just happened to get absolutely blasted by the by the five Drapion. Okay, so like <laughs> there was just no hope there. I was on fire. I had only lost one match, and it was to Michael Pramawat. You know, what seven-time regional champion, also playing Mu V Max. He won the two games. He went first. I won the one game I went first. That's just how it goes. So, like, yeah. I can't even be mad about that. I was very, you know, overall, I was very happy with how the deck performed. I felt like I did fine. And just in the moment where it mattered most, when I'm playing for money, I just got absolutely called out and blasted. So, like, that's fine, you know? It yeah. is what it do. Yeah, well, um, there were a lot of interesting things that happened at Charlotte, and I think uh, one of them that we have to highlight is the winner of the tournament. Right, because yeah. we have seen uh, Vinny Fernandez just absolutely eat in the online meta. Right, player from Brazil comes over to America. I think this is his first regionals in the states, and just absolutely obliterates it. Undefeated record, thirteen zero and four to win the entire tournament. Riley, talk to me about his performance with Giratina V Star. Yeah, I mean, I was really excited to see Vinny at at the top. Uh, I didn't even realize he was at this tournament until like the we were approaching the end of it right and uh, vinny's been someone i've really enjoyed kind of following online he's kind of a bodacious personality online but he's always like grinding these online tournaments uh, he's tweeting about them all the time uh and he's done well like over in latin america like consistently over in seniors and, and now in masters um, so i was really excited personally to see him showing up in real life <laughs> in the states 
and he put it away. His, his play with Giratina was so clean uh, in that finals. And I think especially, like, navigating that final game, whereas Giratina Vs were all prized, and, like, clearly routing it, uh, not taking too many prizes and making the one Giratina fee that he did take out of the prizes, not making it vulnerable to being knocked out. Like he played so savvy. And I think, you know, it's almost like a Andrew Hedrick story of someone who played a lot online, has had this presence online and showed up huge when it really counted at what was the largest regional of all time. And so a huge props to Vinny. I, I think he's a seriously awesome player and uh, I fully expect him to continue to make waves in the future at large international tournaments. Yeah, it was, it was just really cool to see, like you said, uh, online player has done a lot, um, in that, in that online, uh, sphere and just awesome to see players get rewarded. Like we know it's kind of like, um, and he's not exactly like this, but you know, they always talk about like, Oh, the next Mozart, you know, actually was just a peasant, you know, working in the fields. Like, it kind of, this is not a one-to-one parallel where, here. Where are you but going, bro? Are you talking about? <laughs> what I'm saying is that there's a lot of hidden talent out there that, um, you know, that might play these online tournaments, right? As like their only way of connecting with the game that we just like don't know about. And that's, again, it's not a one-to-one because Vinny is actually a competitive player, but it just goes to show like there's a lot of talent out there and like, maybe people don't pay attention to the online sphere and they're like, who the heck is this Vinny guy? And it's like, well, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. It's like really exciting to see. I mean, he's yeah. just a recently aged up senior too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, do- he was doing really yeah. well in seniors uh, in Latin America. I, I don't know like what was the spur that got him to, uh, to play in, in Charlotte of all tournaments. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I'd be, I'd be personally excited to see him continue to pop over to the States. Like, I think he's a seriously awesome player and you know, he knows his stuff. He, he yeah. plays, I think he's got a brother who plays. Um, yeah, his brother's also yeah. a beast and is now yeah. like beast boating seniors. Exactly. Um, and they just like and, play together all the time. He eats, sleeps, breathes Pokemon. I mean, he loves love this that game too. through and through. <laughs> uh, he has been like super online on Twitter, uh, you know, for throughout the entire pandemic and was very involved in the online scene during that time. So to yeah. say that like Vinny won a regional championship to me was not surprising because I was like, Oh yeah, well he's been, you know, slaying it for the longest. All he had to do was actually, you know, make his way up. And, and that just seems like a natural fit for me that, that he would be winning large tournaments. I mean, he really, from the few interactions I've had with him, he seems like he really knows his stuff. Totally. Yeah, and totally. what I what I want to call out as well is him and his brother are just like so dynamic. They play so many different decks. They don't like pigeonhole themselves on anything. They're willing to adjust constantly for what they think the meta is. Um, his brother Gabriel, uh, obviously winning LAIC recently with Maridon. Uh, you know, it's just like a monster family, and they get to play together all the time. I'm sure, and just like go ham on poke. And gosh, I wish that was me when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> And Tina now, Tina winning its second regional in a row. Tina was seen as a deck that was, I mean, not largely heralded. People used to say Tina BDIF, and people would say that's a joke, right? Like not real, fraudulent. Uh, Tina will never win anything. It's It's a super big pile, right? And that narrative 
now you have to say that narrative is just not true anymore. I mean, back yeah, to back and you look at, wins. I mean, and three in top eight, right? So it's not just that big spike that I that I like to look at. It's also the rest of the placements. Tina had Totality a pretty good, it, yeah. you know, pretty pretty good conversion rate into day two uh, in Charlotte, and then obviously winning, but then also a number of other players with slightly different builds taking it pretty deep into uh, the tournament as well with three of those in top eight. So I also look at, yeah, you know, of course we have the winner um there's a lot that goes into winning a tournament but you see the totality of that deck with all its various placements and that's another you know reason to like dispel this myth that giratina is just not top dog right now yeah i mean i think what giratina has i think john summarized it pretty well in his winner's interview um in that giratina has a lot of comeback potential and it gives you a lot of agency over the way your game plays out which is Honestly, it's something I felt like I lacked when I was playing Mew, for example, is, you know, I had kind of just like the judge path, but I, I wasn't really winning games in like creative ways. <laughs> it was just hope my opponent bricks off those that combo. Whereas Giratina is like kind of always finagling the next turn. You know, there's always some trick that it's got up its sleeve, whether you're going to Star Requiem or, or Save a Lie or Cramorant or uh, even just the Lost Impact, like, it has so many options available to it and it rewards having heavy experience utilizing those options as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's why it's not surprising to me to see like Isaiah Bradner, for example, in top eight, who's been grinding Giratina uh, consistently over this format and, you know, John Ang in his testing group, having won Portland, like, and John even getting 19th at this tournament, like Giratina is rewarding the players who are being loyal to it and like really getting the ins and outs of the deck down um and i think we'll probably continue to see that through the rest of this format yeah totally totally so um talked about giratina a lot uh you know over the last few weeks but uh one deck that we haven't talked about a ton that that i mean i've talked about um that i've talked about a lot that i that i personally have been pretty excited about that i've put time into and that has uh come to to good fruition with some of my students getting some pretty uh, high placements but that is Roaring Moon, we're here. We're finally here. It's a Roaring Moon's time to take center stage, and it certainly did that in. I don't know about center. Center stage, stage bro. And this <laughs> is like why stage I'm laughing, left, buddy. Because stage it left. is. Okay. It's not even. I don't even consider this deck a tier one deck, right now. It. I think it's. Well, tier it doesn't. Two, maybe. It doesn't have to be a tier one deck to be good. Oh, for you, had... Okay, you tweeted out that it was BDIF, and you just said center stage. So... Well. Let's look at the totality of the results, right? Okay, so take... So Okay, center stage is a lot. Stage left. It just maybe. Okay, it could be it could be second fiddle to Giratina. It could be it could be second it could be second fiddle to Giratina, okay? But the point being I don't consider it a top three deck, dog. No, are you kidding me? It okay, so let me make my case. Stop, stop, stop. Everyone stop. Everyone stop. You guys have no idea. You have no idea. You have you you are clueless, okay? You are clueless. Okay, right? I was predicting I was predicting last Are there two Arceus decks before there are two Roaring Moon decks? Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Are there two uh, Arceus did, uh, did are there Arceus, Arceus decks? Did, Ar- did Arceus get, yes, there are. Yes, did there Arceus are. get top eight? Yes, it did not. Are. So, yes, you know, are. I mean, what, are top, what are we doing here? What are we doing Top eight's arbitrary because there was a bubble, right? <laughs> There's a bubble at, yeah, 36 match points. Makani, yeah, biggest regional of all time. Anyways. Okay. So, the what I have been trying to... But maybe... 
All right, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I've been trying to say last week was that Roaring Moon was in a really great position because it had favorable matchups against the top two decks, as well as favorable, I considered matchups uh, into things like Mew, uh, into things like, I don't know, any other, like Arceus, right? Like just big dude decks, uh, Rapid Striker, Shifu. Um, and it had a serviceable, like, okay matchup into, like, pure Lost Box decks, honestly. Um, and so I was ready to say you know last week you guys heard it like roaring moon is is here i had thought it would get its first top eight it did ross with the seventh place finish in charlotte and we look at the totality of the results there are three in top six you gotta stop with the totality thing (laughs) we look at the culmination the aggregation (laughs) of the data and there are three in top 16 and there are you know, uh, what, five five in top 32, uh, in the most amount uh, in, in both of those uh, kind of categories of, of any deck. So it just seems to me about, like... There are three There are three Tina V-Star decks in top eight. What are you talking about? Yeah, I agree. You yeah, said, top 16 has, has the, the most number, amount of any deck. What are you talking about? Yeah, so, okay. You're, misrep- Ready? you're misrepresenting it. I am not. Uh, follow me. I know you're getting old, and it's a little late. So... <laughs> Uh, there are in in top sixteen. There are one, two, three Giratina decks. Is that correct? Yes, but you're choosing and, the and way to represent 16. the data to yes! best fit. Bo- That's Boring what Moon. data is, no, bro. No, what are you talking data- about? Because oh no, you're. <laughs> Let's, what are you talking cook, about? Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> that's the li- that's literally what data is, right? You're like trying to manipulate it to like prove your point. Like like okay, I, that's a, no. That's you a really took the 16, You went all data. the way down to the 16th place just to include Roaring Moon. Whereas if I said there's one Roaring Moon in top eight and there are three Guaranteed V Star in top eight, that obviously makes Tina V Star look a lot better. But is also true. Yes. So all you're right. just. A... <laughs> I'm yes. In. We're gonna let JW cook. JW have a really weird take on what data is, but but that's regardless. No, I well, no listen. I'm not against the fact that the that you're presenting the data on top thirty two. That's totally fine. But the the phrase you just said about data is like manipulating stuff to make it look the way you want was really strange. That's all. Yeah, man. I mean, let's think about it, right? Like every, you know, let's think about like our political leaders, how they're spinning the the economy and things like that, that, right? Like it's all, you know, the data is there, right? You ever look at the jobs report? You look at that, like the data is there, but it's how you represent it, right? I tried to get you out of this, man. Well, I'm I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I want to be doing this. I'm just saying that my case is stronger if I present it in this way. So <laughs> So I'm really trying to help you. <laughs> what I what I'm saying in top 16, there are the same number of moons and uh, Tinas in top 16. Of the largest regional of all time, Andrew, you did bring that up as a point of, you know, like, well, you know, maybe a hyping a, a Arceus, right? So, like, biggest regional of all time, there's going to be a little bit of wiggle room with those point values. Um, three in top 16. I think that's, like, pretty incredible for a deck that, uh, you know, weeks prior had, frankly, no showing, right? Like, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, Ross's 33rd place finish um, in, in Portland. So, you know, it just seems to me like this is a deck that's on the rise. That's on the up and up. I think the results speak for themselves in terms of the placements, uh, certainly in the top 32 and in top 64, a uh, very well-represented deck and had a really good conversion rate into day two. So you look at the conversion rates provided by Pokestats Live. It had the second highest conversion rate of any deck. The first highest was Lost Zone Kyogre. 
you know, I don't, I don't know. We don't see that at the tops of the tables here, but it had the second highest conversion rate of day one players into day two, which I think says a lot about the deck. Like we think about that a lot when we're choosing decks is like, well, what do we think gives us the best chance to make a deep run? And you got to get to day two first. So this was a deck that I felt like was good heading into the tournament. And I think the results show that. Yeah. I'm, so there we go. We got, we got, we got there <laughs> through much trial and, and tribulation. Man, I, I really felt like I was fighting for my life out there to make this happen. <laughs> but, I think I think all the listeners' ears were fighting for their lives. I'm sure. So, yes, Roar Moon did have a good conversion rate. It was also one of the more played decks in day one, which was an interesting development uh, from the like stream graphic. Um, like although Pokestats... 9% or something? Pokestats Live doesn't represent that, so I don't know what the deal is there. Um, so maybe there's some misreporting going on. Um, yeah, it was the fifth. It was the fifth most played deck in day one, and then the third most played deck in day two. Well, that's why I think there might be some some bad data on that day two conversion because it's showing Roaring Moon is like one of the least played decks in in day one of Pokestats Live, which would obviously inflate its day two conversion. But that's not the point. Um, the point is. Roaring Moon did have a good spot going to this meta. I, I do think. I think Charizard is kind of iffy for it, but otherwise it has some pretty solid matchups. And then Lost Zone Box, obviously, is kind of its, uh, its toughest matchup there. And I guess Gardevoir. Um, yeah. I'm personally glad I didn't play Roaring Moon because I basically would have gone back to back to back on matchups you don't want to see. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I played like two Guardies in a Lost Zone Box all in a row. Uh, so I was like super chill, like not playing Roaring Moon. That worked fine for me. Um, that's obviously hindsight bias. Um, what I, I think one of the major developments in the Roaring Moon space, if we want to, to give it that space, is Ross awakening the people to research being a card. <laughs> Not every Roaring Moon in Top 32 played the research build, uh, but Ross did make Top 8 with it. Um, and one of the Top 16 builds played the research. Another one of the Top 32 builds played the research. I personally think that's kind of the way to do it. I think the heavy Seda is kind of overkill uh, for what the deck's actually trying to do game to game. And uh, even in day one, we had like Nolan Frieda with 6-0. Uh, he ended up going 6-3, but 6-0 with a research build of the, of the wrong room. Which you don't want to entirely discount either, even though he didn't end up making day two. He just had a kind of flub at the end there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a valid contender. I, I would say it's probably a tier two deck at the end of the day, but tier two is like not bad. You know, you can't fault someone. Tier two can tier win a two tournament, deck. right? I yeah. think, I think Mew is honestly kind of a tier two deck in this format. I think tier one is pretty much squarely just Charizard and Giratina. So, um, so I, yeah, I think it's a totally valid play into this format. And I honestly think Roaring Moon does look kind of a lot of the same things that Mew does just in a different way. Like Mew tries to disrupt and then take big KOs and Roaring Moon's just like, screw that disruption thing. I'm just going to take the big KOs earlier. <laughs> yeah so yeah for sure uh and give up two prizes instead of three so you know you're, you're kind of operating from the same playbook there um, i was really excited to see ross make top eight as well you know i think ross has been kind of overdue for getting a, a serious finish and um i actually sat next to him in day one and um you know i gave him props it's like hey my, my friend jw just like loves your kind of style of Roaring Moon deck, and he thinks it's like the best deck ever <laughs> so seeing say ross that. that go on to top eight after after like having that conversation with him is is very heartwarming <laughs> you you actually said that that's so funny yeah i did 
<laughs> that's that's hilarious. My friend yeah. JW won't stop talking or tweeting about your deck, man. Well, J- Ross <laughs> used to be like kind of local to me, so like you know we know each other, and I was like, hey man, like how's it going? Like JW was like really trying to push us to play this deck, but I couldn't do it. But like he thinks it's the best thing ever. <laughs> so. And then and then what did he say? I'm curious. <laughs> He's just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about way. that sounds about right. Yep, yep, yep. Just a a, a nod and and you know continue yeah, on. Just, yeah. yeah, thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah right i right. will i will concede roaring moon definitely showed up okay i just wanted to be a little antagonistic because i know jw was ready to proclaim his massive victory that it was the bdif i'm right i mean I and both think, he was right all along i think like both things can be true i think roaring moon can show up and roaring moon also not be the bdif <laughs> yes so well obviously there's going to be some hyperbolization right there's going to be yes. some hyperbolization but you look at a deck that went from like one person playing it and having success to like a significant number of people playing it and having success and that just signifies to me like a, a general uptrend and it's the same thing that we talked about um you know many months ago with Maridon. it's like it's not a deck until it is. And like, it's not a deck until somebody actually, yeah. you know, brings it into the, the forefront, actually brings it to a tournament, does well, has the result. And then all of a sudden, you know, the third eye opens and, and we can all understand, oh yeah, this should have been a deck from uh, the beginning of the format. Right. And that's kind of what I feel like with Roaring Moon. I feel like the good matchups that you have in the format, uh, certainly Giratina has felt like a good matchup. Obviously, you know, Giratina players might disagree with that, but I have always felt that that we've played that matchup, Andrew. That's been a good matchup. You look at things like, um, you know, Stall as being you're not as scared of Stall as some of these other decks. Uh, Mew is going to be a good matchup for you. Generally, uh, Maridon is going to be roughly in your favor, I would say. Uh, Charizard, I haven't had too much trouble with the matchup. So, the matchup spread, you know, is there. I think for the deck, from my perspective, in the games that I have played. And it doesn't really surprise me at all that that it's uh, it's performed well. Yeah, for sure. So. Any other interesting standouts from Charlotte? Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you take this one, Andrew. Yeah, I mean Makani's Arceus deck, really. Yeah, uh, yeah and, for sure. I was thinking yeah. that too. So. Yeah, and Joe Joe Turntine came up to me and was talking to me about the deck uh, during day two as well. And I did play it all day on stream today, and it's it's real. It is actually a real deck. And this is now Makani's like second time playing it to success at a regional championship. I think he also did well at Portland, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, literally top eight at Portland. Yeah. So like back to back events, um, top eighted and then bubbled out of top eight. Uh, I think I saw the result at Portland and was like. Blue. that's not real yeah. and then uh not just me saying that but probably everybody else. everybody yeah i mean yeah. this and, this thing plays a reggie gigas man it's got to be yeah <laughs> exactly this thing plays a Reg- and then makani just proving the haters wrong and saying i'm just going to run it back for another top eight and you talk about conversion rates makani's probably one of the only people in the room playing this deck right yeah and we're talking about one one of one playing his brew and then he gave his brew to joe Right. And was like, all right, we're going to go now two of two into top 16. Like, that's crazy, actually. Like, that's actually nuts. And you did it back to back. So now, like, on stream, I think after Portland, I like queued it up for one game. It opened a brick hand. I was like, this thing stinks. And I just put it away. Right. And then after he, <laughs> he top eight it again, I w- or finished ninth, uh, 
you know, for the second reason. Could have top eight though. Could have top eight it again. Um, I was like, okay, I'm probably just missing something. And when you really get into it, most of the decks in the format are just not equipped to deal with these gigantic Arceus. You know, with V guard energies on them. There's Spear Tomb and Path. It plays Judge. You can Iono to low. You're drawing out your entire deck. You've got Sharon's Care. Regigigas V-Star has 300 hit points and weirdly does 230 damage, which is just, like, enough to knock out things that you need to knock out that Arceus can't knock out and just is tough to knock out in return. So it just kind of, like, brute forces its way through matchups. And being an Arc Bibrel deck with Path, all you have to do is, in similar to Mew in some ways, you just kind of set up iono path and the rest just kind of plays itself out yeah it feels like it's it's a mew that trades the one hit ko potential for being more disruptive yes and having less weakness less exploitable weakness yes right much because less exploitable weakness. much less exploitable weakness yes for sure i mean i even beat a roaring roaring moon seems like a pretty trash matchup but i was able to beat a roaring moon on the ladder with it today just by going Iono path at a certain point and the moon deck stopped working and I was like, all right, we're in, you know, and that's just, and because your guy doesn't give up three prizes when it gets knocked out, you just have more opportunities to play Iono and path and to get that foot in the door to say, all right, I'm in, they're stuck. Now I stop yeah. playing Iono and we just keep swinging. <laughs> no, I'm super glad you mentioned this because I was going to, if you didn't, I think this deck is actually super real. I think its matchups are pretty decent, actually. And um, you just get more chances to disrupt your opponent as well as compared to Mew. You know, whenever you whenever you fail that disruption with Mew, you're giving up a large part of your game every single time. Whereas with Arceus, you get to keep trying, like, over and over again. And they're already so hard to deal with. <laughs> Basically, it's hard to deal with as a Mew, to be honest, except it gives up two prizes, so... I think this deck is really sick. I really want to try it out more in this format. And I think people should actually be giving it a little bit more screen time and credit than it's been getting. 100%. Speaking of things that should be getting more credit than they've been getting, we want to thank our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the premier men's grooming product company. And we have all of the products here at Manscaped to uh, fulfill any grooming need that you may have. Riley, why don't you talk to the people at home about the Manscaped products? Yeah, absolutely. Those of us at Tag Team are huge fans of the Manscaped product line. I never go anywhere without my Beard Hedger. I love that their products are super portable. They're easy to keep clean. They work super well. And if you are interested in any of those things, the great news is at Tag Team, we're going to hook you up. Okay? So if you've gone over to manscaped.com, Use code tag team at checkout. You get not only 20% off, but free shipping. Check out some of their stuff. They got all sorts of deodorants and shampoos and conditioners. The lawnmower 5.0 is out now. So if you haven't got the lawnmower already, now's the perfect time. Valentine's Day is coming up as well. If you got a special someone in your life that you're looking to be a little bit more clean down there, this is a great way to take care of that while also giving them a, a nice gift. <laughs> So again, head over to manscaped.com. Use code tag team at checkout. Get 20% off and free shipping. Thank you so much, Manscaped, for sponsoring the cast. 
I think we should talk very briefly. We have uh, a, a full visual set list now from uh, the newly, well, I shouldn't say newly released, but soon to be released Paldean Fates. Just wanted to take a quick second because I know, Andrew, you're getting some product. I think it's this week, right, that it that it drops. Yeah, um, I can open it You're tomorrow. getting some product to open. Oh, tomorrow. Well, how yeah, about today, that? Today, if it goes um, out, your podcast goes out on Yeah, right, right. So what, everybody go around the room and say your favorite art from the set. Cause there's some there's some bangers for real from Paldean Fates. Yeah, man. Okay. What do you got, Riley? It's it's a tough one. You know, I I want to give at least an honorable mention to the Palafin that goes crazy hard <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> that guy's sick. Uh, that's probably not my number one though. Um, I was kind of up in the air on my number one, but I think what I'm actually gonna say is i really really like the iono alternate art that's in this set i think it's far away the best iono art i like it's kind of like um cartoony like cell shaded i guess kind mm -hmm. of style i like that she's got like a fun little drinky i love a fun little drinky uh <laughs> it's just like like i want to be wherever she's at to be honest <laughs> in that situation it just seems awesome and i really love the shell shaded art style i think it's just absolutely beautiful far and away the best iona art and i'll give a secondary shout out to wo chien with the like green and gold palette because <laughs> that looks awesome for wo chien how much That's do you do i like the judge i think the judge, the judge is, is really good. nice it's the very like right in your face i feel like the other full art judges are really nice as well um but this is i, I don't know just something about the symmetry of the card art uh, it's got the nice red and green two-tone i like style. his mustache his little mustache, yeah, for all the mustached, uh, you know, all my mustached friends out there that don't feel like they have a lot of representation in the <laughs> game right now. I hope they can see themselves in this judge. That's honestly true. Pokemon does not have a lot of characters with mustaches, so this is big. Big for the mustachioed community. <laughs> Andrew, I... how about you? The Gardevoir is just, like, really nice. The Gardevoir it is. Deck. It that is. card is sick. Very tranquil. I also really like what they did with Clive. I think that's hilarious. With like the <laughs> little cartoony chibi art. Yeah. That's sick. The Mew is super cute. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff. I think as far as cards that I'm hoping that I open tomorrow, I'm really hoping. Hopefully I open an Electrode for Natalie's collection. And then uh, I also just really love Sneasel. That would be cool. Yeah, those are all sick. I f the Charizard also goes crazy, to be honest, but it's just like we've gotten so many arts of this Charizard at this point that it's almost like fatigued. <laughs> yeah, like what a shiny. if this was if this was the first alternate art of this Charizard, it would be so high. Right. Yeah. But the fact that we've gotten like twenty <laughs> different arts for this Charizard, it's like whatever. Who cares anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. So all the right. answer is Charizard people will still pay like a million dollars for it. But. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about um, Knoxville, or excuse me, the Charlotte regionals. Now we should shift on to Liverpool and Knoxville. These are the two upcoming tournaments. Uh, there's one, of course, yeah, Liverpool uh, this weekend. So what uh, what would you guys have changed about your deck, or, or would you have made the same decision Um in charlotte playing mew like do you think that that would be a good choice moving forward or do you feel like based on your performances in 
Charlotte that you would switch it up? I I am good. I'm happy with how Mew did for me um, at uh, at this last tournament. You know, I had a shot for money. Um, I was right there. I was in the mix the whole time. You know, 21 match points going into day two is like pretty solid. 603 is the equivalent of seven and two. That uh, is usually, you know, if I'm if I'm going into day two with 21 points, I'm feeling good about that. So uh, I was I was pleased with with how everything went, and I felt like I was I was good against the decks I wanted to be good against. I do think that, you know, kind of to to your point, JW, I do think that that I will have to respect Roaring Moon going into this next event. And I didn't um, at the previous event, uh, you know, because I was like, there won't be enough of them for it to matter. You know, Ross had a 33rd place at Portland. That's not enough to create, like, an overwhelming shift. It did create a big shift. There was 9% Roaring Moon. That is wild. I think that Roaring Moon is at a point where it could it could just pop off in, in the amount of people playing it. We could see something like a 15% meta share. We could see like Maridon um, and uh, Pittsburgh type situation. I agree. Yep, where it's just like I could play against three Roaring Moon at uh, at this upcoming Knoxville Regional Championships, and I really think that I already played against one at this last regional, and this was kind of like the calm before the storm. Now that it is actually clinched to top eight, and you've got some big name play, you know, players piloting the deck, Ross Cawthon. I was sitting next to Ryan Sablehouse playing Roaring Moon um, in day two of uh, of uh, you know this uh charlotte regional championships um i think it's catching on and uh and i'm gonna have to respect it unfortunately so that will change my plans because mew just does not have a great time against this deck now <laughs> so true yeah i mean i think for myself i don't regret playing mew at charlotte but i kind of lost the matchup lottery there um yeah, so uh, of course you could like hindsight anything. Um, I don't regret playing Mew. I think it was a fine choice for what we expected the meta to be, and a lot of people agreed with us when it came down to it. I kind of think the safest choice going into Knoxville is still Charizard. You know, I think Charizard is relatively unaffected by <laughs> the shifts in the meta we're seeing, and if anything, it might benefit from them. Um, so I think Charizard is kind of like one of my top choices. Obviously, I'm not going to Knoxville. Um, I do want to give more time to this Arceus deck, though. It really appeals to me, to be honest. And I think it has, like, kind of the solid foundation that it needs in terms of matchups. And it just needs, like, more time put into it to to really reach its full potential as, a, as like, a player. Yeah, I think Makani's doing great with it. I don't think I could replicate that result, like, not playing the deck at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Is there um, any love for, uh, for Maridon here heading into Knoxville? Kind of eh on um, Maridon, personally. I I don't really know what Maridon offers right now that Roaring Moon doesn't, to be honest. I think the selling point of Maridon, right, is going to be the Iron Hands. And Iron Hands is good, for sure. But is it really better into this particular cross-section of the metagame, I think is the question. And I'm not sure the answer is actually yes. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that read. but I mean, it feels like the dudes are getting bigger, right? <clears throat> and that's generally what would be beneficial for a deck like Roaring Moon. Like you're seeing less of these one prize attackers, um, less, you know, Sablezard, less Gardevoir, although, you know, still a couple around 
in, in top eight there. But but generally speaking, we're seeing more focus on bigger two prize attackers: Charizard, Arceus, Giratina. All these decks that um, are really hard for most decks to one shot, right? But uh, enter stage left, our boy. You know, I I legitimately think like Gardevoir has a really good place in the meta right now. To be honest, I think it has some really solid matchups. Ah, gosh, I haven't played against Gardevoir's though. I hate that freaking deck. Seriously, like <laughs> I felt like when I was playing Gardevoir as a new player. Like they were taking like thirty to thirty-five minutes of the of the fifty-minute round, and it's just like completely like I couldn't do anything about it. You know, I just got to play less Pokemon than they did, uh, and that was so frustrating. Uh, so I don't want more people to play Gardevoir, but I think it's like really well positioned. <laughs> if Maridon dips, you know, Gardevoir benefits from that. Gardevoir, you know, has has a good time against Roaring Moon, has a good time against Charizard. You know, that's kind of its its spot right so and it's like you know regardless of the money match between jake and isaiah i think gardevoir actually does have a good spot against giratina as well well i heard isaiah lost to tina or lost to uh lost to guardy right did he lose well, to he Gustavo? beat jake yes he yes lost... in top eight in oh, top eight right i don't know i yeah, think he lost Gustavo. to gustavo in top eight mm -hmm. which is that's like sick. funny because that's <laughs> That's well, like the matchup. Right? Uh, yeah, that was the like, money match. Twitter people and there's Gustavo. <laughs> and there's Gustavo. Well, I think there was just no Deoxys V star in Gustavo's deck. Which is... <laughs> you know, you know what's sad is Jake Earhart didn't play Deoxys V star at this event. He went yeah. back on it. <laughs> I asked him. He didn't like, double down. I asked him before day one if his deck had a Deoxys V star in it, and he told me that I'd have to wait and see. And he didn't. That's a heartbreaker, ain't it? It is. <laughs> The spice has died before our very eyes. So yeah, I mean, you have no pressure, Riley, because you're not going to Knoxville, but uh, Andrew and I are. So we gotta, I mean, we gotta formulate something here quick because you know I feel comfortable with a deck like Roaring Moon. Maridon is always just gonna be on the table uh, for for me and our group. Charizard is something that I've considered, um, you know, certainly as being kind of uh, medic, almost metagame agnostic. Like you're not really changing up the the deck all that much. Maybe you include a Radiant Charizard in the list. Uh, to try to handle something like Roaring Moon. Um, the Arceus deck could be really interesting. I would be worried about the Moon matchup, but I think a Path Judge goes kind of crazy there. So I mean, you're, you know, there's I, a thing that you're like, Iono pathing every turn. Yeah, <laughs> well, right, JW, right. You're leading, you're leading the course on Moon. You've led the campaign on Roaring Moon yeah, on Twitter. I think Moon is, don't yeah, you exactly. you just have to play Moon? <laughs> no, well, no, fraud. I mean, I don't think there's... the haters wrong. <laughs> Well, that would be pretty sick if I Wait, do stroll up to Wait, that If you don't play Moon, aren't you a, a, like a snake oil salesman? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Because I could teach somebody to play the deck, but then not play it myself, right? Doesn't like, that, I'm going to play the... Uh, like a magic elixir guy? So <laughs> don't teaching, you're going to teach people how to play the deck. Yes. And then play the deck that counters it. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, wouldn't wow. wouldn't that be wouldn't that be cringe and we thought meta manipulation was dead ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> and so what they're referring what they're referencing is i'm going to be holding uh, a series of courses on metafy 
their their classes on Roaring Moon. I had put in a lot of time with the deck. I had coached a couple players in uh, at Charlotte to He's day two finishes and uh, high placements. So 16th place finisher, Blake Yuri with uh, Roaring Moon, and then uh, Rafal Gladys with his uh, Roaring Moon deck as well. Both a um, couple weeks before had uh, had been, you know, we had done some coaching sessions. So I just figured that that would be something kind of fun to bring to the masses because I've been getting a lot of DMs about it. Like, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? Play Roaring Moon, thinking about it for, uh, for Knoxville. And so I uh, just wanted to share that. So those courses are over on Metify if you're interested. It's going to be an hour on Tuesday. I'll have one for the uh uk or whatever the the european time zone the uk uh, as well and <laughs> that's so crazy uk yeah yeah the european time zone as I well should, so if you can't i should just sign up so you can enlighten me man i think i need to have a sit down i actually feel like you owe us i didn't feel like you owe us either some of the profits or a free session now that you okay. kind of plugged it on our cast time <laughs> yeah i yeah i'll give you a free session sure sure we'll set up a one-on-one yeah, Just let me know what times work for you. Yeah, I need some. You got a worksheet tutoring for sure. Dude, yeah, I, man, of course, bro. I, I got you from a worksheet. I'll send you the link over, and you guys can sign up, okay? <laughs> but I think it's on the table, right? I think you look at like Moon would would have been something absolutely that I would have played in Charlotte. It's something that's on the table for me in Knoxville. Um, I think they're. It's as well. Like maybe like I, I'm trying to think of like how the metagame would shift such that Roaring Moon is a bad call. And I don't think it shifts all that much. Like you look at the counters to it, maybe the Radiant Charizard in the Charizard EX deck. But I think there are some things that you can do with Moon that in some ways like can counter Charizard in ways that we've actually done with a deck like Moridon in the past. So, um, you know, there, there are some things that I would I would potentially change about the list heading into you could make the Oxford. argument that Roaring Moon itself going up in popularity might dissuade you from playing Roaring Moon. But I think that you have a little bit of agency in the mirror. So. But it wouldn't be like, I don't know, I would still not want to be playing the mirror. <laughs> I mean, you probably still just want to go second. But, it, you know, it's it's kind of like Maridon Mirror in that sense, right? In my I don't record, want to play Maridon Mirrors either. Well, I don't want to play Maridon Mirrors either, but my record against Maridon Mirror, like, I think I of the three tournaments that I played Maridon, uh, this season, I think I lost one mirror match. For sure. Yeah. No. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's... the Roaring Moon matchup feels very run and gun. I'm gonna be honest with you. And there's no paths or anything like that. It's it's just <laughs> a little less trickiness just... going on. For sure. Yeah. It's just like you got it. <laughs> yeah. Did you go first? Did right. You like right on. Oh, you play catchers? Did you hit them? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, All exactly. I'm saying is, like, that to me would almost be a factor that might dissuade me from wanting to play a Roaring Moon is if I expect it to spike up even further in popularity. Like, I'd rather play a deck that beats it than play the Mirror Match. And I think, I think something not to be underestimated is Roaring Moon's popularity. Like, that Pokemon is just very popular. People want sick. to pilot this card. People like Turbo Dark decks. They always have. As long as it's been a thing, people have gravitated towards this kind of throw a bunch of darkness energy in play and go boom with them. your big guy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that this is kind of this is the awakening of the of the Roaring Moon Acalypse, and uh, and I suspect big turnout from Roaring Moon at Knox. That would be my guess. So, if I had to lay out my like three decks that I would be considering. 
it would be like Charizard as my safe deck, Arceus as like my exploratory deck, and Gardevoir as like my try and spike the tournament deck. Those would be the three decks I would consider as someone with no stake in the game. Yeah, and then Roaring Moon as kind of like your your four. Roaring Moon is my stage left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it for sure. Yeah. That's uh it'll be interesting to see how uh you know what we end up uh, deciding on because I think we're off Mew. I mean, I think that that can be I uh, think I have to be off Mew, Mew with the Roaring Moon stuff happening. I just can't. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy though. It's, it's kind of crazy. crazy to think about, but uh yeah, Mew maybe no longer a play and and maybe that in and of itself, you know, moon spikes dissuades people from, from playing Mew. Maybe that means that there's another archetype that's kind of been waiting in the wings that can uh, just really, you know, fold it to, to a deck like Mew uh, that can really capitalize on, on this metagame. So it be interesting to see how it all shakes out here in, you know, the next couple of weeks, at least for, for us in the U.S. We get another tournament over in Europe to, to feast upon, feast our eyes upon, look at the results for. Any last thoughts, you guys, on on the uh, the metagame as it stands? I think things are interesting. Things are cool. You know, this is the kind of twilight hour for this metagame. The, the, there are, what, two more North American uh, regional championships left in the format. We've got Knoxville and Vancouver. And I think that's it for North America, um, as far as I as far as I know. And then it's going to be rotation. So this is kind of the last hurrah for some major players. Uh, it looks as if, you know, crazy. We've had some some stark fall-offs. Rapid Strike is nowhere to be seen anymore. Maybe we're going to see Mew VMAX fall off again, you know, just completely in the last couple weeks, you know, couple weeks Mew of the VMAX format. tripping too. right at the finish line would be so crazy. After I know, right? years of dominance. <laughs> just falling on its face at the very end but i'm excited i think that you know the format seems fine um it's it's more fun now that it's now that there's an end in sight in my opinion the format feels less fun when it's like ah we're gonna be playing this for four months but like when i kind of agree i kind of yeah, agree when it's like oh there's only two more events left like okay well this is it i could do this i yeah. can keep it rolling yeah for sure yeah for sure what I'll say, maybe the closing words, don't write off you completely. The fusion build is calling your name. So We're going right, in. You're We're so going right. in with Excelgore. We're going to make it happen. Everybody's cutting their drapions, that's for sure. And their spirit too. All I'm, all I'm saying. <laughs> Now's our time. No, I'm for real. All I'm saying is if you're playing the fusion build and you got the Meloetta and the Excelgore, you're thrashing that Roaring Moon matchup, straight up. That's true. That's that's facts. So, just things don't to write, think about. Don't write, yeah, off our, don't write off our old friend just yet. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Tag Team Podcast. My name is uh, JW. You can follow me on Twitter at Real John Walter. You can follow Riley at Smiles with Riles, and you can follow Andrew at enjoy friend as well as the cast at tag team pokemon can't wait to discuss more pokemon cards with you next week thank you so much for listening see ya <laughs>